0: Thank you for listening to this podcast brought to you by Baylife Church, Port Stevens. We hope you find this message challenges and inspires you in your daily Christian walk. For more information, visit www.baylifechurch.org.au. I've my heart for a little while and and uh, just been writing, waiting for the right time to, to use it. Um, you know, so we're, we're working out of Deuteronomy 30. That's the, the theme verse for this. And verse 15 goes, um, Today I'm giving you a choice. You can choose life and success or death and disaster. God gives us the choice. He lets us make that choice in our life. You know Whether we want to choose life and success or death and disaster, He won't make us do anything. Then in verse 19, it goes on. This day I call the heavens and the earth as witnesses against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and curses. Now choose life. Choose life so that you and your children may live. And, and we've called this series, It's Your Choice, because that's what it comes down to. It's your choice, what you do with your life, what you sow into, what you resource, what, what you participate in. You know, and I can only urge you as as your pastor to, to align your life with God's principles. Align your life with the word of God. Align your life with what God, God is in on this you know, in action in this earth, building his kingdom. Because nothing else really matters. At the end of our day, nothing else really matters. It's the relationships we build and, and the, the kingdom on earth that gets built that makes all the difference for all eternity and uh, you know I've been thinking about this whole calling thing for a little while just trying to get my head around it really and uh, we're going to look at the Bible we'll look at some verses on that in a minute but I want to read this story to you because it's a great story it's about calling in the 11th century King Henry III of Bavaria grew tired of court life and the pressures of being a monarch so who's was a king right Didn't want to be a king anymore. He made application for Friar Richard at the local monastery, asking to be accepted as a member and spend the rest of his life in the monastery. Your Majesty, said Friar Richard, do you understand that the pledge here is one of obedience? They'll be hard because you've been king. He said, yep, I understand that. The rest of my life I will be obedient to you as Christ leads you. Then I'll tell you what to do, said Friar Richard. Go back to your throne, serve faithfully in the place where God has put you. When King Henry died, a statement was written, the king learned to rule by being obedient. See, when we tire of our roles and our responsibility, it helps to remember God has planted us in a certain place for a certain time. And it might be to be... a. a, a good accountant, a financial planner, a teacher, a mother, a father. Christ expects us to be faithful where he puts us, and when he returns, we'll rule together with him. And it's a stunning thought. It's a great story, and I reckon it parallels the way we can sometimes do life as Christians. Lord, I'm tired of doing this. And all those D words start to come up, discouragement. Discontentment, doubts, distrust, disbelief, disillusionment, distraction, and, and so often that leads us to wanting to give up. And can I tell you, in that seventeen-year, five or well, three-minute thing we just showed you up there, I wanted to give up so many times. Like, I, so many times I, said, I can't do it, God. I can't do it. It's impossible. This is impossible. You, what you're asking me to do is it's impossible. And and. Uh, and God just kept encouraging me. And, and you know, and this, uh, my wife resigned quite a few times after church. You know, she, she'd go home. She, she, I, could, I didn't let her. That's it. That's what it came down to. He said, I can't. And uh, it's not an option, doll. So suck it up. No, I didn't. <laughs> but it leads us to wanting to give up. And the other week I said about we've only got three choices. We give up, we give in, or we give it all we've got. And it's a choice to give it all we've got. And if we're Christians, we've got to give it all we got. It's not like a half measure or I'll give it, I'll try it out. No, no, it's give it all we've got. Let's give it all to God. And the good news is that when we feel like that sometimes, there's there's great examples of that in the Bible. And there's a man described as a man after God's own heart, the greatest king that Israel ever had, and and a man that wrote most of the Psalms in the Bible. And he felt like that from time to time. He wanted to give up. I'm going to have a look at one instance this morning that was like a tipping point for him. And it's not an obvious one. But the thing is, we never really know the power of our choices and the decisions we're making. And when they actually are tipping points, when we make them, very often it's only on this side we don't recognize. It's only on the other side when we see the, the outcomes and the consequences of our choices, we get to see that actually was a tipping point in my life. And there was one of these. And the man we're talking about, obviously, is King David. And uh, if he hadn't made this choice in this time, it would have, I think, affected his calling and his destiny in God in the midst of circle, really difficult circumstances. And, and I'll give you a quick snapshot of his life. You know, David was a shepherd boy. He was chosen and anointed by God through the prophetess Samuel and, and to be king of Israel. And the Bible tells us in one Samuel sixteen, From that day on the Spirit of the Lord came upon David in power. He operated in power. But what David didn't know was that his journey would then take twenty seven years for that from that time he got anointed to the time he actually became king, twenty-seven years he had to live his life and choose his calling every day of his life to move towards God's potential calling upon his life. And we we, we read in the you know in, in the Bible about God was uh, sorry David was taken into King Saul's house, you know after his anointing he was playing the harp for the king, and then we read about the the battle with David and and the Goliath the the giant the Philistine giant and, and that the whole Israelite army was terrified of and this little shepherd boy comes up and goes what's going on what's this guy you know cursing our God and he gets really offended by that and uh, he was operating God's power and he kills him with his slingshot and and he was a hero in Israel and I just want to show you something out of that just really quickly it's not the reason I'm not preaching about that but I just want to show you two observations this morning because this encounter with Goliath was really important so David said i 'm going to take down this this philistine giant i 've got God on my side, and, and people wouldn't accept this little shepherd boy could do that and and then finally King Saul heard about it said, yep let's have a go at this and he and so King Saul said, "Okay, you have to put on my tunic and you have to put my armor on you have to put that bronze helmet on, and you have to carry my sword and Poor old David you now was probably only about this tall we don 't know exactly how old he was, but he was just a young teenager we think and 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 this is a Saul was a large, tall man, like a well-built guy. And, and so poor little David's trying to even walk with this stuff on. He couldn't do anything. And, and basically, he, he, he had to decide to, to get that stuff off him and take it off. And, uh, and we're told in 1 Samuel 17, Then he took his staff in his hand, chose five smooth stones from the stream, put them in the pouch of his shepherd's bag, and his sling in his hand, he approached the Philistine. And that's where he kills Goliath. Wax him in the head with a stone right in the middle of the forehead. Cuts his head off. And uh, it's awesome. So um, <laughs> all the young people, yeah, the young boys particularly like that. So just two quick thoughts on that. Two quick thoughts on that I want to share from this, this story. First thought is don't try to be someone else. Don't try. See, King Saul wanted to put all his armor and all the weight and all the stuff that he normally wore in the battle and, and, and don't try to be someone. Don't conform to peer pressure, what other people think, say, are doing. Be true to yourself. Otherwise, you'll be carrying and wearing a weight that you were never meant to carry. It won't feel like you. It won't be you. You'll get tired. It'll wear you out. You see, David wouldn't have fulfilled his de- destiny and his calling if he dressed up in all that armor. Even though everyone else in the crowd was wearing a similar armor. You see he didn 't try to be everyone else; he just had to be himself, and he used the skills and the talents he 'd built up that God had placed in him that he 'd honed and he 'd practiced over the years of shepherding you know of killing you know the the bears and the lions and, and, and he practiced in out in the field. Stay unique. Stay true to yourself. Stay how God has made you. Don't be anybody else. Don't put on anyone else's tunic and try to be someone else. Just be the best version of you. Don't try to be someone else. You know, Psalm 51, six that David wrote, Surely you desire truth in the inner parts. You teach me wisdom in the inmost place. Don't try to be someone else. And the second quick thought, because this is what I was supposed to be preaching on, but we all need to step out from the crowd. Don't try to be someone else. We all need to step out from the crowd. Sometimes, and and that's difficult, you know, but we need to step out of the crowd in our leadership, in birthing something new, in taking responsibility, in obedience to God. Maybe it's in your workplace, in your school, at home, in family, at church, at youth group, uh, in our community. There's a time that will define you and your calling, a time when you'll decide to step out from the crowd of people to follow God, to do what's right, to step into your calling and your destiny. And we've got to be careful we don't compromise the calling on God in our lives, trying to be like other people and and be drawn into the empty promises of this world because they are that. They're empty promises. It's false advertising. It won't fulfill you. It won't make all the difference that you think it will make. It'll fulfill you for that much, where God will fulfill you for this much. And and it's a pearl of wisdom, and it's a little bit what Lynn was talking about this morning. The price of aloneness is not loneliness. The price of aloneness is not loneliness. God will be with you in that choice. When you step out from the crowd, God will be with you. He'll, he'll prepare the, the place for you as you step out from that and step into your calling and your purpose. Stay unique. Step out from the crowd. Step into your calling and your purpose. Hmm. Anyway, a couple of thoughts. David had much to look forward to in his life, so much potential, so many promises. He was anointed to be king of Israel. But something changed, and I'm going to have to fast forward to get through this in the time we've got here. But King Saul started to persecute him, tried to kill him. David flees. Um, uh, He tries to stay true to his calling you know he, he to god to his king to his country he continues to try and keep out of saul's way and fights the philistines and and, and makes saul more upset with him because he's killing all these philistines and 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 israel's going what a champion david is and king saul's gonna i'm gonna kill that kid you know and, and uh, trying to kill him and, and and even david had an opportunity to kill saul twice and in one instance he says i wouldn't lift my hand against the lord's anointed he kept himself integrity. He kept his character intact because uh, that affects our coiling. And then we see a change in David. He starts to feel discouraged. He gets dif- fearful. He gets disconnected. He gets distracted almost. And, and by this time, he's leading 600 men, all misfits. The Bible, Bible makes that very clear, all misfits. <laughs> you attract what, he, what you do, don't you? Like there's a, you're attracted to him, all the misfits. They're fighting whoever they came across. They really didn't care who they'd fight. They just fight anyone. They just be uh, go this way, and then someone would offend him, and he'd kill that guy, and then take his wife as you know, his wife, and and he'd take all their herds, and and, and they were just fighting everybody. <laughs> and uh, um, anyway, eventually they ended up. They're going to join the Philistine army. Get this to fight against Israel. This was David and. and and Israel's arch enemy the, enemy, the Philistines, the guy that David had killed, Goliath, he was going to fight with them against Israel. And it was all mucked up, you know. And and uh, David become so lost and consumed and distracted they he lost sight of his calling and his destiny in God. He was completely just lost in this process. And in 1 Samuel 29, we read about David potentially lining up with the Philistines, the Fosan people but then the king of that time, and this is, remember, this is the people that he was going to be the king of, his calling said, he, he, that anointed to be the king of. And, uh, and we're told that the um, Philistine leaders didn't want them fighting with them because they didn't trust them, basically. And uh, so they turned them away and sent them home. And they sent them back to their home base, which was at Ziklag. Now, this is where all their kids and their wives and their possessions were all based in this city. And, uh, but the Amalekites had actually attacked them and burned and destroyed all the homes, taken captive all the women, the children, and their possessions. And this is what I want read for. This is what I'm trying to get to. 1 Samuel 30, verses 3 to 6. When David and his men reached Ziklag, they found it destroyed by fire and their wives and sons and daughters taken captive. So David and his men wept aloud until they had no strength left to weep. David's two wives had been captured. David was greatly distressed because the men were talking of stoning him. Each was bitter in spirit because of his sons and daughters. But but here's the thing. David found strength in the Lord. David found strength in the Lord. All the wives and sons and daughters were captive. David's two wives were captured. David was greatly stressed, distressed because the men were talking of killing him, stoning him. Everything looks like it's gone. It's finished. It's done. These 600 mis- misfits have turned on him. And... Uh, but look what the Bible says David does in, in verse 6. But David found strength in the Lord. How did David find strength in the Lord? How, how, how could he? Like His calling was gone. His destiny looked like it was gone. Everything was falling apart. His wives were gone. All the people's wives and families were gone. All their possessions were gone. All the herds, all the things they built up over the time were all gone. And yet David finds strength in the Lord. His Lord. And we need to know how he did that. That, That's what I'll look at here. He was distracted, distressed. He was discouraged. He made some bad choices. His bad choices got him to the point where he was in life, right? He was lining up with the Philistines to fight the Israelites, his people, the, the people he was supposed to be king of. That's messed up. He'd lost sight of his calling, absolutely lost sight of it. But here's the thing. He did run, but not away from God. He ran to God. So tempting in difficult circumstances to run away from God. But he made a choice. He found strength in his Lord. He ran to God. And he would have, this is in my head, prayed a prayer like he wrote in Psalm uh, 18 verses 4 to 6. The cords of death entangled me. The torrents of destruction overwhelmed me. The cords of the grave curled around me. The snares of death confronted me. In my distress, I called the Lord. I cried to my God for help. From his temple, he heard my voice. My cry came before him into his ears. So, so how did he do that? Well, the first thing is David would have strengthened himself by remembering remembering God's love for him. God loved him. And, and, and here's the thing. David saw God's love for him in the rejection of the Philistine leaders. You see, he understood. See, at the time they would have been really upset that they had been rejected by the Philistine leaders. But in fact, this was God's love for him. And in fact, if they'd actually gone off fighting with the Philistines, when they got back to Ziklag, the Amalekites would have gone a long time ago, but we're told that the fires are still burning when they get back to Ziklag. So in fact, God's love had actually set up the circumstances to, to get him back to Ziklag in a time that was convenient to actually pursue these guys. And, and he understood that God's provision was even in that, even the thing that he would have been saying, why can't we fight with the Philistines? You know, We've got all these men and we're great fighters and warriors and, and we're going to chop some heads off and, and haven't you heard about me and, and they said well that's why we're sending you home you, you killed Goliath David would have been strengthened in the Lord when he remembered God's promise and calling on his life you see here's an opportunity and it's like us in life sometimes we get a chance to regather relook at our lives recognise maybe we've got off track maybe we have got distracted maybe we're not living the way God would want us to live And this is an opportunity that he got to shake himself awake to clear the fog of the last year or so that he'd been living and uh, and, and to re-establish his calling and his destiny in God. I am called by God. I'm a man anointed by God, promised by God to be the next king of Israel. I have a calling and promise from God and he hasn't taken away. I need to start living according to that calling and destiny in God. And Dave could thank God and see the the glory and his power and this amazing calling. And Dave would have strengthened himself remembering God's past victories. He'd say, This is horrible. But remember all the times when the Lord delivered me in those circumstances. Remember that bad situations. You know when the lions and the bears and Goliath and the battles I've won. If he did it now if he did it then he'll do it now. He didn't deliver me before just to let me die now. And you see that's the same reassurance we can have, the same confidence we can have. God has got a calling and purpose for each and every one of us. I don't care how young you are, how old you are, how long you've been a Christian, or, or you know, you've been in church forever. It doesn't make any difference. God has got a calling for each and every one of us. And, and, and It's the truth. And David makes a choice that shows us something about his character and particularly his calling. It would have been so easy just to run away. It would have been easy to blame others, blame God. Uh, must be King Saul's fault. must be my dad's fault. He didn't come to when I got anointed. He didn't even, want me, didn't even want me there. You know, my brothers, they gave me a hard time. They were really mean to me and could have blamed anyone, really. These, these misfits, you know. The, the, instead, he chose to surrender to God, surrender to the calling upon his life. And we're going to read on. And I'll tell you what else he did. He praised God. He worshipped God. He raised his hands to God. He, 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 he seek God with all his heart to cry out to him. And it, it talks about inquiring of the Lord here. See, in verse 7, it says this. Then David said to Abiathar, the priest, the son of Habimelech, bring me the ephod. Now, what the the ephod, ephod is, it's actually the garment they put on where they're going to praise God and worship God, right? So it's a little bit of understanding some of the, the language in the Old Testament. He was making a choice to praise God and worship God in the midst of their circumstances, of tough situations, in tough circumstances. And, and he, he put on the garment of praise to worship his God. First it's surrender, then it's that choice. I'm going to praise I'm going to worship my God. Even in the midst of difficulties, even before the miracle. Understand, none of this had happened at this stage. He was just setting himself up, to to align his life to the calling of God, so he puts that on. And in verse eight, it talks about they put on the ephod. David inquired of the Lord, "Shall I pursue the raiding party? Will I overtake them?" And God told him to pursue them and that he would overtake them and succeed in the rescue. And they did that. You know, if you read on in uh, one Samuel thirty, it tells you the story full story of that. But the short version is this: they overtake the Amalekites. They get everything back that was theirs, and then some. You know there was a huge amount of, of plunder they were able to uh, capture and take with them and, and share out, And uh, it's a pretty amazing outcome when you consider what they're facing at that situation. And here's what I thought: It only takes one word from God to change our lives drastically, to turn it around. just one whisper one word to, to to for us to surrender first to actually praise and worship our god and recognize who he is in our lives and then just one word inquire the lord yep pursue them you'll be successful and 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 the thing i, I really felt this morning I feel like this is a word for somebody here because it's so strong and I wasn't going to put this in but I am now. There's no shortcuts this time. There's no shortcuts this time. You can't take the short way through this process. You might have tried that in the past and it didn't work out so well. God's got some steps for you. You need to surrender you need to praise God. You need to worship God. You need to meditate on Him. You need to inquire of Him. Even if you're discouraged right now at this point in time. Even if, even if it looks like it's all over. Even if there doesn't seem like there's a way through. You need to surrender. You need to lay down that natural man that, that wants to do things in your own flesh. Surrender. Praise God. Worship Him. Inquire of Him. And then listen to his small, still voice. Just one word can make all the difference to the rest of your life. And can I urge you to address those things in your life once and for all, long-term. Don't continue to hold on to those hurts. Let them go, release them, surrender them. There's no shortcuts in this process. you am going to work it through in God. You know, David admitted that he had stuffed up big time. He got off track. Distracted, discouraged, all that stuff. But here's the thing. He actually hadn't lost his calling. Even when he mucked it up so much, he hadn't lost his calling. And if we surrender control of our lives, if we humble ourselves... It's a little bit like that scripture in two Chronicles seven fourteen. It says, "If my people, who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I'll hear from heaven and I'll forgive their sin and heal their land." And sometimes we think this calling thing is a big, you know, I've got to get a sign written in the sky, or I go to the beach and there's starfish lined up describing my my calling in the sand, or or some romantic notion of what that that might look like and it's not going to be like that at all it's not going to be like that in fact it's very much um there's a great verse in Isaiah 6 verse 8 because here's my belief many of the few are chosen right and i want to expand on that just in a second i'll try and fast track this but Isaiah 6 8 says this then i heard the voice of the lord saying this is about the calling of Isaiah the prophet. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? And I said, Here I am, send me. That was Isaiah's calling. He was listening to God. God didn't ask him to do it. He didn't say, I, oh, well, if you don't do this, we're sunk. You know, we haven't got a chance. And God won't say it to you. If you don't do this, the kingdom's going to fall apart. We're going to be gone. We're going to be sunk. It's no, it's not like that. As we lean into God, as we surrender our natural carnal man to God and enter into that spiritual calling that he's got for us, as we praise and worship him, as we encourage that in us, and as we inquire of the Lord, we lean into, Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? Who will go for us? And Uzziah said, (laughs) Here I am, send me. See, there's Isaiah's calling. This This is this openness to God, to the word of God, to the and His ears open, he's had his heart open, he's leaning into God, and it wasn't some screen written thing anywhere, it wasn't a great movie screen thing that running across there and going, Oh, finally, you've got your calling, you know, it's time. No, here I am, send me, and that's the way it is for us. That's the way it is for us. God's word is so clear, each and every one of you is, is called. Many are called, but few are chosen. I reckon everyone's called. But the chosen part isn't about God choosing it. It's our choice. Do we choose to be called or not? Do we close our ears to the voice of God or not? Do we open ourselves to what God has got for us or not? Do we get stuck in our habits and our ways and our insecurities and inadequacies and our fears? Do we get distracted, discouraged? Or do we say, here I am, send me. You see, that's what God wants. He wants a desire call on you, on your life. God, what do you want me to do? I'll do it. I'll just keep. See, I heard this earlier in my walk. It's not about our ability, it's about our availability. It's never about our talents and our skills. It's actually being available to God to do what He wants us to do in our life, to be in position ourselves for that. Here I am. Send me. God. I'm here, I'm listening to you. Here I am, send me. I'll, I'll go. Such an awesome verse. Such an awesome verse. Hmm. See, we don't have to be incredible. We've just got to be credible. Just got to be consistent. Just got to keep turning up. Hmm. Many are called, but few have chosen to respond to God's call in their lives. There's a plan of purpose for you, there's a calling upon your life. Are you choosing to pursue it? Or are you denying it? Are you doing a David with with his misfits, his 600 misfits, and going over in the corner here and fighting your wars, and and I'll fight against them, those people that I used to love, I'm going to fight. Don't do that. Pursue God. Surrender in your heart. Praise and worship. Set your, 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 your spirit up, your soul up to lean into the Word of God and listen to what He wants from you. You see, Jesus, when He calls the disciples... He doesn't give a big argument, a big reason why they, they should follow him. He just says, follow me. And they did. And they did. You know, for you here this morning, well, I, I just want to pray that Isaiah calling over your life. Here I am, send me. Here I am, send me. Let me just read you a couple of verses to finish off here this morning. Romans 8, we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. His good is pleasing, his perfect will. All things. Works all things for those who love him, called according to his purpose. Called to his purpose. In Ephesians 1:18-19, is a different version than we normally read, but my prayer is that the light will flood your hearts... And you'll understand the hope that's been given to you when God called you. Then you'll discover the glorious blessings that will be yours together with all of God's people. This Here on this uh, 17th birthday of our church, I want to call you. I want to anoint you. I want to pray for you. I want to believe that Isaiah uh, calling over your life. And, and you know, I can't make you do anything, by the way. But if that's you this morning, if you just really feel like, you know what, Greg, I'm ready for this. I, I, I'm ready to step into the calling God's got for me. I just want you to stand for your, to your feet and I want to pray for you this morning. So if that's you, just stand up. Just stand up and I'll pray for you. The band can come, if you like, if they're not on their way. Here I am, send me. Here I am, send me. Here I am, send me. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Just lift your hands, if you can, this morning, if you can do that. Thank you, Jesus. Father God, we we thank you for willing hearts. God, we thank you for the hearts that are leaning into your word, that are leaning into your spirit, that are leaning into you, God. God, I, I ask in the name of Jesus, I ask for a refreshing upon people's lives, upon their calling, upon their purpose, upon their plan and purpose you have got for them, God. I ask for you, Holy Spirit, to speak to them afresh as they inquire of you, Lord, to, to, to reassure them, to give them confidence, to give them an understanding that you've got so much more for them, God. There's so much more ahead. This is just the beginning. This is just the start. There's so much ahead for you. Are you going to choose to follow your calling or not? Or are you going to be stubborn? you Are going to hold back from the calling God has got on your life? And, and, and please be clear, I'm not saying ministry. I'm not necessarily saying that this calling is all about ministry. It's actually about serving God wherever you are. It's wherever you are, in your workplace, in your schools, in the universities, in the place that God puts you, in sporting teams, in situations. It's actually outworking your calling, whatever God puts in front of you. Father, we thank you for the calling of God in our lives. God, in our hearts, we cry out this morning, here I am, send me, God. Here I am, send me, God. Show me your will and your purpose for my life, God. Let me reach those that need to be reached for you, Christ, to pursue you with all I've got, to surrender, to praise and worship you, to inquire of the Lord. This on our 17th birthday, God, I look forward to the next 17 years we're on our 34th birthday God and uh, and seeing so what you've done in this place God we, we, we give you all the honour and glory in this place God we give you all the honour and glory in our lives God we declare you as King of Kings and Lord of Lords in every situation no matter what we're going through God we lean into your calling for each and every one of us and while while uh, Just a real quick, just eyes closed, just for a second. Here this morning, you may have no idea what I'm talking about. I get that. I understand that. You you go, oh, this guy's ranting and raving up the front, but I feel like my heart's being affected right now. I feel like there's something going on on the inside of me. I can't explain it, but it feels like God is drawing me. And if that's you this morning, and, and maybe you've made a decision before to follow Christ and, Somehow you just got distracted and discouraged. Or maybe you've never made that decision. That, that's great. But here this morning, just feel like if that's you, with eyes closed, heads bowed, I want you to give it an opportunity to you to go, you know what, Greg, I think this might be God drawing me at the moment. I want to make a decision to follow Jesus. Even if you don't know what that even means sometimes. I want to give you that choice, that opportunity here this morning, the decision. It will change your life. So if that's you, eyes closed, heads bowed. Just stick up your hand so I can see it. And I'll pray with you at the end of the service. If that's you this morning, just quickly throw up your hand. Just quick, wherever you are. Wherever you are right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you for salvation, God. We thank you as a starting point of our calling is salvation, God. And God, we thank you for all that you're doing in this place. Thanks for listening to the message today brought to you by Baylife Church. We hope the message leaves you feeling challenged and inspired to live out your Christian walk. Please tune in again for next week's message.